Since 1984, women have turned out to vote at higher rates than men. 38% of women eligible to vote identify as Republicans. Nearly 70% of Republican women identify as pro-life, and just over 60% of Republican women support overturning Roe v. Wade. And while women have lagged behind men on the Second Amendment, still nearly one in five women own a gun. Also, let's not forget that in this last election, President Trump won 42% of women's votes. So if there are millions of conservative women to choose from, how did we end up with losers representing us in Congress and on TV? That's next on The Deep Cut. Many have dubbed 2020 the year of the Republican woman, as we saw the number of GOP women double in the House. At first blush, this might seem like a good thing, but let me remind you that two of these 23 women should make you squirm. They are Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene. Let's start with the one that looks like a Dollar Tree version of Sarah Palin, Representative Lauren Boebert. She is a 34-year-old QAnon fan that was so nuts that President Trump didn't even endorse her in the primary. She defeated five-term incumbent Scott Tipton for Colorado's 3rd Congressional District, and the country has been paying for that ever since. Bobert dropped out of high school at the age of 18 after getting pregnant. She then went to work for McDonald's. She didn't bother getting her GED, though, at least not until one month before her primary election in 2020. Eventually, Bobert went on to work alongside her husband in the oil and gas industry. And her husband is nothing to write a home about either. In 2004, Bobert's future husband was arrested on domestic violence charges. That same year, he was arrested for exposing his penis to two teenage girls in a bowling alley. A year later, Bobert and the penis flasher married. Bobert is quite the criminal. She was arrested in 2004 for an outburst of violence against her future husband and was charged with third-degree assault, criminal mischief, and underage drinking. Fast forward to 2016. Bobert was arrested for causing a disturbance at a music festival. She ran into a police station and started yelling at teenagers who'd been arrested for drinking. Bobert fell to appear after two summonses and a warrant was issued for her. That same year, she rolled her truck in a ditch and was cited for careless and unsafe driving. Old habits die hard and she once again failed to appear in court, resulting in a warrant being issued. She was arrested and pleaded guilty to an unsafe vehicle charge. She's also bad at business. Bobert and her husband opened Shooter's Grill in 2013, a place where everyone can open carry a firearm. In 2018, the company lost nearly a quarter million dollars. They also accrued eight tax liens since 2016, including nearly $20,000 in Colorado state tax liens. Meanwhile, while running for office, her campaign said they were unaware of any such liens or past due taxes. Conveniently, these were paid off in 2020, the same year she was reimbursed by her campaign for over $21,000 in mileage transportation costs. Many find this amount to be questionable, if not impossible. It would mean she drove over 38,000 miles in less than a year for her campaign. The guy she replaced in Congress, Scott Tempton, claimed less than half of what Bober did for the entire decade he served in Congress. Bad candidate, bad businesswoman, she's also a bad cook. The health department claimed the restaurant used improper food safety practices while serving food at the Garfield County Rodeo. The health department says that likely led to the poisoning of more than 80 people who suffered from severe diarrhea the next day. Bobert also failed to obtain a license to serve food at that event. And her gun-toting persona? Well, she just might have fabricated the story that she claims inspired her to carry in the first place. Bobert says a man was beaten to death outside her restaurant, thus scaring her into packing heat for self-protection. The police department has no record of a man being murdered, just a man who died from a drug overdose. Of all things to lie about, conservatives don't need a reason to carry a gun. They wear them while riding the lawnmower. But wait, there's more. 
An expose on Bobert in the Colorado Sun says, quote, Bobert has glossed over any mention of a father. She has not explained why she has two birth dates in official records. She has not responded to questions about what the multicultural background is that she has listed on official forms. She has touted her business success, but has not mentioned her brief, unsuccessful turn at running a golf club restaurant in Rifle. She is not included in her bootstraps biography the fact that she was evicted from her rightful home in 2010 before a foreclosure, and there has been no mention of her failure to vote in the last four primary elections prior to this year's primary. Bobert has been ignoring her Florida roots in her campaign, telling of her life story. Oh, to top it off, she wore glitter platform heels on the campaign trail, so that's got to count for something, I guess. If only we could all fell our way to the top like Lauren Bobert. Who is Marjorie Taylor Greene? She is the freshman representative from Georgia's 14th district who seems to have a fear of reading. Representative Greene tweeted back in April, quote, I'm glad I ran into you today, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, to plan our debate about the Green New Deal. After I finish reading all 14 pages like we agreed, I'll schedule time for our debate. All 14 pages? Like, is that challenging? And exactly how were you against the bill you haven't even read? But a dumb tweet and a reading comprehension problem aren't the only reasons you should doubt Green. As a candidate, she branded herself as a business owner and job creator. During the campaign, Green's lawyer wrote a letter to her opponent saying, quote, Ms. Green has been leading the company as its majority owner since 2002. And Green's official congressional biography describes her as a conservative businesswoman. But this persona isn't quite accurate. Green's father owned a construction company called Taylor Commercial. He sold it to his daughter and her husband in 2006. Although Green likes to talk about the company, she has had little to do with it. Her husband's bio on the company page mentions he has a wife and three children, but it doesn't mention Marjorie Taylor Green by name or even say that she's involved in the business. Company filings support this notion. Her husband, Perry Green, is listed as the CEO after they took ownership of Taylor Commercial. He is also listed as CFO and secretary. In the last 15 years, he was often named as the only officer of the company. Only from 2007 to 2010 is Marjorie Taylor Greene listed as CFO. In 2010, the state of Georgia and Fulton County issued two tax liens against the company. The liens were released, but the company's next filing, Mrs. Greene's name, was no longer listed as CFO. And her name wouldn't appear on a company filing again for another decade. Conveniently, that would be the same year she was running as a conservative businesswoman for Georgia's 14th Congressional District. And Green herself admits she knows nothing about business. In 2013, she decided to open a CrossFit gym. In a radio interview, she spoke about this new venture, saying, quote, Travis and I were like experts in coaching and programming. We can train you unbelievably well, but the business part, eh, we're not that good at. Green then went on to say that she looked to her husband and her father for business advice. Don't let Green's Woman of the People Act fool you either. Green's construction company loaned her campaign nearly a million dollars in the early days. But it's not just her business that's worth a lot. She lives in a $750,000, nearly 10,000 square foot home with five bedrooms, a gym, movie theater, and an indoor saltwater pool. How did she afford this, you may ask? Well, her father bought it, then sold it to her and her husband just a few weeks later. If you can't finance it, call daddy. However, like Lauren Boebert, Green doesn't pay her taxes. In 2008, 2009, 2010, 2012, and 2013, the couple were late paying property taxes on their home. She's also a hypocrite. Green routinely criticized the CARES Act and the Paycheck Protection Program loans. However, she took one that ranged from $150,000 to $350,000. Just two months later, Green's company loaned her campaign $450,000. 
But the hypocrisy continues. For a woman that hates big government and handouts, she sure has found herself profiting from it. Green's construction company has benefited from public housing for years. In fact, the company bragged in a marketing blog post in 2013 that, quote, it is now considered the principal federal subsidy available for building and rehabbing affordable housing commercial property. Green was known as an avid Q supporter while running for office, believing that things like some school shootings were staged and the 9-11 Pentagon plane was fake. But it seems that was just for show, too. After getting heat for her controversial opinions once taking office, she said, quote, I'm a very regular American. I never said any of these things since I have been elected for Congress. I was allowed to believe things that weren't true, and I would ask questions about them and talk about them, and that is absolutely what I regret. Just to add a level of trailer park to it, in 2012, she cheated on her husband and shortly filed for divorce. She had some toward affairs with the guys at the gym she was going to, but then suddenly decided she would reconcile with her husband. What was he thinking? And now on to Ann Coulter. What can you say about her that hasn't been said about a diaper, full of crap and avoided by everyone? She is as controversial as they come, but also a turncoat. Coulter wasn't just a supporter of President Trump, she wrote the book on him, literally. In 2016, when he was running for office, Coulter authored In Trump We Trust, and her unconditional love didn't end there. Some of her most praiseworthy comments on Trump include, and I quote, I like that he's politically incorrect. Finally, we have a candidate who cares about Americans and not just the donor class. My worship for him is like the people of North Korea worship their dear leader, blind loyalty. Once he gave that Mexican rapist speech, I'll walk across glass for him. That's basically it. But before long, she turned on him, and she said the following. She called him, quote, a shallow and broken man, the most disloyal actual retard that has ever set foot in the Oval Office, a blithering idiot, whining, blame-shifting, gigantic fruitcake. I want him to lose. Ah, it. I don't want to screw over other Republicans. I'll just keep my mouth shut. And I want to point out what a gigantic pussy he is. The reason I'm very happy that President Trump lost, and lost narrowly, is that a second term of Trump would have killed us. He's a defective man. And finally, I hate him. Coulter made a lot of money off of Trump to then flip-flop before he even finished his first term. Was it all a grift? Coulter once commented on Mitt Romney's criticisms of Trump, saying, quote, What's confusing about Romney is everything I liked about him, immigration and the way he was going to go after China. Well, now he's attacking Trump for those very issues. He was faking me out. Is that what he's saying now? I guess it would take one to know one, Anne. If our representatives in Congress are a reflection of ourselves, then what funhouse mirror are we staring into? These women don't just poorly articulate conservative values. They don't just turn public policy into a popularity contest. They are hypocrites, espousing values and principles they don't even live by. And worse, they craft an image of who they are that doesn't match reality. They're phonies, fakes, posers. They represent nothing but flagrant immorality. They are as hollow as a Russian nesting doll, brandishing one image and then shedding it as soon as they want to pivot to the new brand of crazy conservative. There's plenty of Republican women to choose from. There's plenty of conservative women to choose from. But somehow we always end up with the Lauren Boeberts, Marjorie Taylor Greens, and Ann Coulters of the world. As President Trump might say, we are not sending our best.